Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty, and I'm joined today by a special guest, uh, Mr. Chris Kohler. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming, Chris. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. Chris, where are people maybe going to know you from? Uh, um, I am the games editor at Wired. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a really good way to know me from. I am the co-host of a, of a uh, podcast that I know you listen to. Uh, it's called Good Job Brain, uh, which is not video game related. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it is a trivia podcast uh, with, I do with my pub trivia team. And... That's probably how you would know Those me. Those are two places to know. Those so are two places you would know me from. Yeah. We have a third guest between us. Uh, I'm afraid our oh, audio yes. listeners, this is a, this is a mute guest, <laughs> um, uh, uh, unless you open it up. Uh, and that's... Uh, then uh, it's t- still mute. But it then it's still spe- mute. It, then it speaks to your your mind. It speaks to your brain hole. <laughs> All right. And what what is what is this? <laughs> um, I hope you don't have any brain holes. <laughs> I, I have a lot of brain holes. <laughs> Uh, So sitting in between us is actually an early cop. I wrote a book in 2004. It was called Power Up, How Japanese Video Games Gave the World an Extra Life. Um, And it came out in 2004, and it went out of print in 2004. uh, (laughs) Remarkable success. Thank you. And uh, ever since then, it's been impossible to get. And then I got approached um, uh, about a a year and a half ago now um, by Dover Publications uh, out in New York. And they were like, there's, there's an acquisitions editor there who is a big video game fan and he was just like i want to bring this back and i'm like great Mm -hmm. because you guys are going to do 90 percent of the work of like actually bringing it back and all i'm going to do is write a new chapter and that's uh, what we ended up doing i read this uh, i think i paid like 36 bucks for my used copies oh okay oh my goodness so now people are going to be able to 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 buy it pick it up on the cheap so october 19th (laughs) um is when this is going to be uh officially available and this is uh this is you know we're doing a lot of of uh, plug in here at the beginning there's a reason it's a wonderful book uh read this buy buy this book but that's not the only book (laughs) you're publishing Favorite part. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's something else happening. Uh, you have another book coming. This, so soon this was because... not supposed to happen, but um, I because this these were really supposed to be spaced out a little bit. Um, yeah. But it turns out I have actually two books coming out in October because the aforementioned Good Job Brain uh, trivia podcast. Um, we actually all four of us co-hosts. We all co-wrote a trivia book mm-hmm. um, that is coming out, and it's it's called it's called Good Job Brain. <laughs> the Can book you, is called Good Job Brain. For those who don't listen, what's the yeah. essence of Good Job Brain? What, what, what do you um, think? It is it is an informal, funny, uh, it, you know, if we if we can, you know, jokes jokes that land well if we can, um, uh, it pub trivia podcast, which involves our pub trivia team getting together, um, having a topic that that is sort of loosely structured around of like going out finding out interesting things, um, interesting facts that we think might come up at during trivia um either telling little stories about those things or uh making quizzes and sometimes even like word puzzles and stuff like that but mostly quizzes uh to quiz each other and the listeners about various topics of interest and now you have a book coming out and now we have a book coming out and it's all um it's sorry it's not all material from the show it's like uh, 80 percent i I would say Mm -hmm. material that that appeared on the show that we then went back to our notes took it revised it maybe added some things maybe you know made it better for the book and then put it in and then there's uh, probably about 20 percent just total brand new material Excellent. there's pen and paper puzzles um there's a there's a crossword puzzle that was written by one of our listeners who was a, a competitive crossword player and uh crossword maker um yeah so there's a lot of good stuff so good job brain is my household's favorite podcast uh my wife Thank and you. i listen to it together uh a lot i it's a one because yes the quizzes are fun the chemistry between the four of you 
is tremendous. The, the cast gets along very well together and, and play off one another stupendously. And I, I think uh, a lot of obvious work goes into Good Job Brain. Uh, you, you saw my kind yeah. of uh, terrible thrown together, patched together kit. And you guys actually work very hard before the show. And it's obvious when you listen to the information you bring. It's that- a little, yeah. I don't think we realize what we're getting into because, <laughs> like, it does, it is not one of those podcasts where we all sort of show up and, and BS for an hour. Nope. Um, it's, we actually do a bunch of research prior to, and it's not, it's not dry and it's not, um, and we, you know, we get things wrong sometimes because we're human beings and, and we're not actually experts on any of the, unless I do a video game segment in which case. I am an expert. Which you actually all don't the do very often. No. Uh, you don't do very often. No. Um, well, so. I mean, it's the the joy of doing this is like uh, talking about things that aren't video games. Same here. I mean, this, this show right. is not about that. And, right. it's, and it's it's nice. You know, the, and, imagine we're people well, of broad interests. What? We're going to we're gonna do our <laughs> darndest to not make this show about video games. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, well, it's a, it's a wonderful show. I really recommend you guys uh, listen to it. Uh, good job, Brain. And uh, you'll learn more about beaver butts than you ever you, thought you wanted to know. You'd be amazed what comes out of those things. Yeah, you would. Uh, it's it's pretty rad, actually. You've probably eaten it. <gasps> That's right. All right. Well, there. Shock. I don't know. I kind of went to the low hanging fruit with the beaver butt thing, but that's you guys made pins with beaver butts. On we them. did. I, it's he's on the back cover of the book too. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. That, that's yep. pretty wonderful. Yeah. That's so. At episode three, I think uh, that that's in. that was um, very early, very yeah. early on. But you're somebody that um, I've wanted to have on the show since I first started it for yeah. a lot of reasons. One, because Good Job Brain's been so influential. Uh, in my family's life, these guys, they showed up at the hospital when my wife was there. They didn't know us, and they showed up. <laughs> well, we had uh, met you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but you had, we had met briefly, and you're just like, we're just going to be nice and show up in my wife's hospital room. Well, um, I mean, yeah. It was incredible. Thank I, you for that. And, and I would encourage, you know, if anybody ever has the opportunity to do that for, for somebody, you know what I mean? You should really take it, right? I'm sure, that, you know what? One day, I know you're going to pay it forward. You know what I mean? I know there's going to be some, you know, kid who gets into an accident or, you know, uh, needs some help from IGN. And Jared Petty is his favorite IGN, you know, video personality. I, I and, certainly hope that's not true for any and, person that I'm <laughs> but, person. But I, 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 I know that you're going to pay it forward. Chris. Uh, the first question, in theory, yeah. uh, until uh, until I decide to change it. Uh, tell me about somebody you're thankful for. Mm. I mean, a, a lot of people. No, and no I don't. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, this is we got to narrow the, it down. We got to narrow person. it down. This is the part that I, I call the Oscar section, where gotcha. where there's the you know there's the the people that you aren't going to talk about, but yeah, narrow the one person that yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you talk to me about. Right, a little right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I so I, I really wanted to talk about with this with this book being back in print, basically. Um, a, a college professor, really my mentor at college, whose name was Charles Inouye. Um, I say was he's still alive. Um, and he's out at Tufts University. Um. And I was I was thinking back about this. It's funny because so I, so I get to Tufts University in 1998, uh, freshman year, typical. You know what I mean? Just intro level courses, stuff like that. Um, start doing Japanese because I had I had I had started teaching myself Japanese uh, to play Final Fantasy V. Okay. <laughs> um, it was play, purely it was a practical to... matter. Okay. Yeah. Um, and really because I was like, oh, I, I really want to play these games that only come out in Japan, so I better learn Japanese. And then I, I started taking some like once a week kind of classes, like when I was in high school, like after school. But then that did not really get me. Um, that 
when I went to Tufts, I just sort of started over again with mm-hmm. Japanese. So I, I everything I learned in those once a week classes in high school was like half a semester okay. of of like Tufts level Japanese because like they were the Japanese program is really good. Okay, um, is that why you chose Tufts? Yeah, it, it was actually it was between Tufts and NYU, and I I kind of had this like oh I'm gonna go to New York City, but honestly when I really looked at the the Japanese program that they had, it's like, oh, we have Japanese one and two and then, you know, nothing past that. Mm-hmm. And I look at Tufts and they had this amazing department of Asian language and literature and they we have Japanese all through senior year. We have a study abroad in Japan program. And I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to do. So uh, that's that's really why I picked it. Um, and so then sophomore year, I took a class and this was so influential on me. It was Japanese visual culture and it was taught by Professor Inoue. And his whole thing was, I mean, the reason he was doing this whole class was, like, to to get across the idea that Japan, um, if, if, the, if, if the, the study of culture in the West is the study of the written word, um, then the study of, like, popular culture uh, in, in Japan is, this, is the study of drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, from, if you look at Japan, if you look at, you know, woodblock prints, to the earliest manga, the sort of drawings, you know, on scrolls and things of, of that nature, um, you know, Buddhist uh, monks, um, you know, uh, drawing animals, characters, things like that, mm-hmm. um, to the the popularity of manga, to the popularity of anime, um, you have this sort of nice unbroken line of the predominant um, cultural um output being visual rather than the written word and you you end up with a society in which um books with pictures are not considered childish mm-hmm. um to the extent that they are in the in the west and and taking this course i was just blown away because i was like oh man video games because you know you wonder why are all these why 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 are all the video games that i love coming out of japan um, and I found like this answer, you know, in this sort of overview course of Japanese visual culture. And so the funny thing is my relationship with Charles started on a bad note because, oh, really? yes, okay. because, um, he, the first paper that we wrote, it was like, read this essay, um, by, I think it was Roland Barthes and, and write an essay about it or write a reaction piece to it, okay. you know, to show me that you understand what it is you're reading. And I wrote a piece and I was like. I think that this is good. It probably wasn't, but like I, you know, I wrote my essay, and then the funny thing is, he he was a really he's a really funny guy, Professor and he Inoue, was just like know? I'm not yes, um, sorry, not Roland Barthes who was okay, not yeah, funny, but Professor um, Inoue is but a Professor Inoue is a funny guy, and he was just like I'm going to I'm not going to put an A or B or C on your paper. I'm going to draw a Pokemon. <laughs> and bear in mind bear in mind this is 1999 wow pokemon came out in the u.s the year prior yeah. Yeah. yeah he was like i'm gonna draw a pokemon because he was i mean he saw he understood this too he saw pokemon taking over u.s popular culture at that point and was like oh this is very much you know uh, all kind of fitting into my research so he's like i'm gonna draw it was it was the it was like it was it was um like Caterpie, Kakuna, and Butterfree. You know what I mean? It was something like yeah. that. It's like, you know, are is your work in its embryonic stage? Are you advancing or are you a beautiful butterfly? And um 
And now I, again, like I, in high school, straight A's in freshman year, straight A's, um, I did not expect what to get back from him at this point. Um, a Caterpie. No, you wanted a Charizard, right? You, you wanted, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. I expected the, I expected the legendary, you know, no, um, <laughs> but I got back, um, the lowest possible, you know, Pokemon. And there oh, was what was it? Which one was it? Was it was Caterpie. Caterpie. It was yeah, a Caterpie? Yeah. Okay. And it was just, um, Chris, reread this essay. You haven't understood it. But, and it was just a note on the top of the, of the page. And I'm looking over the whole thing. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't think you read this page. You know what I mean? I think he, I think he, it, it seemed to me, because the note was at the, in the, within the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. I just felt like he hadn't read it because he didn't mark it up. He didn't talk about anything Mm -hmm. it was just like you haven't understood this now you know there's a ton of people in this class you know what i mean like he's he's going through these papers he's a busy guy he's not a mean person at all but it's my first interaction with him and i was like oh man and i wrote an email um because you could do this uh in the you know you can do this now but like you know i was a child of the child of the internet i was a teenager of the internet and I was just like, you know, what you do is you just write an email to somebody and be like, yo, what's up? And I mean, I definitely wrote him this email that was just like. So you didn't go I, and talk to him. You just emailed. Him. I emailed him. OK. And because for me, that was that felt natural. Yeah. Were, you, I were you angry? I, I was not. I, I mean, I was definitely a little perturbed because like I was very frustrated. Mm-hmm. I was frustrated to get this. I didn't think he was like, oh, you're you know, you're a big dummy because you don't understand my ideas. I was frustrated because I felt like. He hadn't um, read it. <laughs> was, you know, yeah. Just like yeah, you felt I, dismissed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I kind of wrote that thing. Like I, you know, I don't know what I said in the email. It prop the tone probably wasn't very good. But yeah. like I felt like it needed to be addressed. Like I felt like I wanted a dialogue. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I bet you that I did not write it in a way that made me sound good. Um, as for as much as I can say, like I wasn't angry. I was frustrated. But like it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't like calling him names or anything like that. But it was definitely like it. It probably wasn't. So he wrote back, and he, and he was just like, I, he said like, this is the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen, and um, and I wrote, and I see that, and I felt that's he, his response. He's th- right it, it was not just that, but it was like he was he was like, I'm very worried about like your ability to take criticism because he because he saw this and he really felt like I was you know pushing back hard on the idea of getting criticized at all was he right um i wrote back immediately and i apologized and i said i'm so sorry i i did not mean that to to come out like i i didn't want to take your criticism i i felt i mean as you know i i really said again like i i felt like i had been dismissed i felt like you didn't look at this um and i i was was disappointed by that and i'm sorry and you know um i i meant no disrespect i was very taken aback by the fact that he thought that it was disrespectful you Mm know um and i was just like i'm i'm really sorry about that and then you know i saw him in class the other day and i you know i apologized again and then and then i went in to his office you know what i should have done in the first place which is go in during office hours and sit down and apologize again and say you know i want to i want to look at this and i want to explain to you what it was i was writing you know and like to to try to say to you like well this is these are the thoughts in my head because i thought i had some good thoughts about the essay Mm -hmm. then i was like 
if my thoughts aren't, I mean, that, that was that was kind of it. It was like, look, if my thoughts about this essay aren't good, because I really put my heart and soul into this, you know what I mean? I really want to make a good first impression. Like, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, I don't just want to hear you didn't understand the essay. It's like, I, I want to hear what you think about this. So we sat down with him. We talked about it again. And it was okay. And then from then on, we were fine. Okay. From then on, we were just so fine. he was graceful about it. You were you were graceful about it. It sounds like both of you found common ground. Was he? What did he tell you was wrong with the essay? I'm curious. I you know I think that when I explained what I was doing, I was using like the wrong terminology and things like that. You know what I mean? Like I just wasn't I wasn't using the right terminology to get my ideas across. Yeah. Um, and I think that that just left it a, an information gap between the two of okay. us as to what I was thinking versus what he was seeing on the page. That's good. Um, that happens. I, I think we probably both know that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That but I sometimes. certainly learned. I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, really the, the lesson was um, like sending that email in the heat of the moment. You know what I mean? When you're not, again, it's like I did not dislike him. I actually was really enjoying what was going on. Okay. But it was that level of frustration of, of, of not being heard. But anyway, we were fine after that. Yeah, you're fine after that. Um, and um, and things progressed very well. Um, I, because I was going to go to Japan. So sophomore, you go to Japan your junior year. Mm -hmm. And so sophomore year was when I was applying you know, and so I was working with him on applying. Oh, he um, was he was part of that too. Yeah, um, he yeah, I mean he he was basically like one of the heads of the of the Japanese department. So how but, many classes did you have with Professor Inoue? Um, I had Japanese visual culture, and then you know, it's, so it was only two formal classes because yeah. I that weirdly enough, I had Japanese visual culture, nothing the next semester. I went to Japan, I came back, and then to fulfill the requirements of the Japanese major, everybody has to take intro to Japanese culture. But I hadn't taken it freshman year. <laughs> he didn't offer it sophomore year. I couldn't do it junior year because I was in Japan. So senior year, I think it might even have been second semester senior year. <laughs> That's Int really funny. Intro to Japanese culture. Now, to be fair, it was a it was with Professor Inoue, and it was a ah. fascinating class. It was okay. wonderful. You know what I mean? It was really – this was not like – super high level stuff he really made it very interesting and and there was a lot for me to for me to do there but yes i had to do intro to japanese culture what's after it like I, after i lived there for you that's i i have to ask anecdotally what's yeah. it like having lived in a country and then coming back and taking that intro class obviously you have an enormously different context than most of the people around you in the room Can, how did it affect did, did it did it did you have new questions to ask having been there or <sighs> i don't remember a lot of this okay. all right that's um fine. but i think that I, I I had probably I'm not going to say that even as a 22 year old I had developed that much humility, but I'd probably <laughs> I probably had a little bit more mm -hmm. after a couple of years and probably sat and listened a little bit more mm. versus wanting to to run the show. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like you would have come in and had more to say and less to hear before that. You think? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> But Professor Anyway also apparently served yeah. as an advisor of some sort. So, so right, right, right. So you talk about being thankful for him. Is this where that really began? You have to, or? Yeah, you have to pick an advisor. And so by the end of sophomore year, I was like, hey, you know, I need an advisor. What do you think? Do you want to go in for the for the long haul on on me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, in Japan, so this is the thing. So at Tufts, you can write a graduation thesis. Mm -hmm. Um and, and, of course, Professor Inoue came to Japan at least a couple of times, at least once, to visit us who were doing the Tufts in Japan. Okay, while you were a student. There. While we okay. were there. Um, and so 
And he was just like, I want to talk to all you guys because, you know, you can write graduation, a graduation thesis. And it's, um, it's, it's for, it's like for two credits because it, you, you're expected, you do it all year, senior mm-hmm. year. Um, and you're expected to be doing, you know, about a, about a, a course's worth of work, you know, both semesters. So mm-hmm. you get two credits for doing it and it's a big deal. It's like a good opportunity that yeah. you can do this. And like, um, and it goes on your degree. If you wrote a, a thesis, you know, it, it little extra that stamp of on, approval yeah, that's on yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I wrote a master's And he's like, you guys should really similar. do this. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, and then he wrote me an email once he got back from Japan, and he was like, Chris, I will kick your butt if you don't write a graduation <laughs> thesis. <laughs> Why was that? Was it because he knew you could do it and you'd have something interesting I, I to say? I think so, yeah. yeah. He was just like, "You, I, I know you're going to be able to do something good, so you better do it. Like, okay. Don't be lazy and not do it. Now, I have a question and for I you put here. That, and that's in the acknowledgments of, of Power Up um, because – the so I mean if you read Power Up you will have basically read okay. that graduation thesis that I wrote at Tufts because and so that's you, why he's the, he's the first person I mentioned the because so it's it's like chapters three and four so for our listeners who don't understand yes. maybe what a what a thesis is can you explain the principle yeah um I mean it's basically like a you know like a uh, if you've done a research paper in high school where you have to like uh, take um, a statement um, or a hypothesis and mm-hmm. then go out and research it and prove your hypothesis yeah um, like. For example, I mean, just what's a you know what's a basic one? Because they, they you know they'll have you do this in like in high school. Yeah, well, something that you would do with with a thesis is you make a you assert a statement, uh, and then you back that statement up with yeah. primary. Oh, I remember research. in sophomore year English class, I did like um, settings are um, fundamentally important to the short stories of John Steinbeck. Yep, and then I basically went out and you know read the short stories read some research on john steinbeck and then showed in this paper how like you know that how the setting informs the plot to the extent where if you remove it from that setting it, it that, that that sort of it's thing. proving your point with your words using other people's words yes so that's that's yes. a lot of it. and it has to be it's so funny because in um the, it always yeah you always have to um back it up so when i was yeah. in with freshman year in high school um we as soon as we got to high school, man, everybody wanted us to write these, you know, five-page research papers, and I yeah. would have like three or four of them always going at once because, mm-hmm. like, every class wanted us to do one. Um, I was in a business class in high school, and I was just like, I want to do one on video games, obviously. So I, I did, you know, did it on video games. Um, when I got to Tufts, any chance I got, I did it on video games. That's not true. Um, in pre-modern Japanese history in the er, when I did early Japanese okay. history um, there were not video games had not been invented yet so I did it on the, the red light district of old Tokyo oh really that was okay. fun yeah well, that um, sounds amazing actually what was the red light district of old Tokyo it was called the Yoshiwara was the name of the of the district and um, I just I think I did something on like um, the the researching like the clients of of that like who who were the Johns basically like who were the who were, who were the, the people who uh, I don't remember okay. <laughs> no where idea is, where, do you remember this was the... literally this was not my graduation thesis this was like a twenty page paper that I had to write because everybody turned paper 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 yeah yeah, sure. yeah yeah so a graduation so a thesis is like it is a term paper but it's it's really extensive research and it has to, it's original research yeah the idea is that you are you're not just doing a term paper to, to show that you can do it or to show that you've learned the lessons you are actually gonna say like here is 
here is an assertion that I have, and I'm going to prove this even though nobody's proven it before. Right. You're making a point that no one's ever made and backed up before academically. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the fun part. Yeah. So my the thesis was called The Cinematic Japanese Video Game, and I okay. wanted to, A, prove, you know, show in the research... Um, that Japanese video games were popular all over the world. Like, because this was the year 2001, 2002 that I was writing this. So, yeah. I mean, Japanese games were still the video games. Yep. They were starting to get picked at by, like, breakout successes in America and, and Europe. But still, like, Japanese video games were the most successful worldwide. Um, and so I was like, I want to talk about how Japanese developers from a very early uh, time period started... Um, uh, using what I called cinematic elements um, and started building games that were movie-like. Um, and and that was the that was the major contribution of Japan to the medium of the video game okay. was making games that felt like movies. And so we went from Donkey Kong to Final Fantasy. And um, Professor Inoue was encouraging totally, this research? Totally encouraging. It was great. I mean, he, he liked the idea. He really, he thought it was good. Um... And then the thesis uh, board was Professor Inoue. It was um, a, a history professor, the guy who taught me Japanese history named Gary Loop. Um, and the other guy on the, the board was Hosea Hidata. And he, he actually, I believe, is still heading up, you know, with Professor Inoue at Tufts, the Japanese, you know, cultural kind of program. Um, but he was, interesting thing about him, uh, he, he is pals with Haruki Murakami, okay. the, the Japanese novelist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they were at they were professors at, or they they taught at Princeton together they back together. in the day. No kidding. They lived next door to each other in an apartment <laughs> complex. And Hidata Sensei taught um, Murakami how to use a word processor. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's so amazing. Actually, so when I, was that around? I, that uh, was that was before. That was like mid nineties. No kidding. Yeah. Taught him so how to I use met a Murakami because he he came to Tufts and uh, and did a little talk for. It was just like it was just a couple of us. It was just from the Japanese department. That's incredible, right? I mean, because Murakami is a is a world renowned. Oh, oh, author. Yeah, I yeah mean, this exactly. Is, this is this is a this is a major league heavy hitting professional writer. Right. And, right. Right. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. No kidding. That's Tadi. I, did, I will tell you exa- the. It was. I had I had read a little bit of him at that point. I was a freshman, you know what I mean, and yeah. I knew that this author was coming. And I'm like, oh, I should probably read some of his stuff because I I never had before, you know. Um, but I remember he was basically just telling us. There, there's somebody was like, do you have any advice? And he's like, don't think too much. <laughs> he's like, I don't really think. I'm paraphrasing. Don't think too much is a verbatim quote. Um, but I'm paraphrasing the rest of it. He's just like, I just sort of sit down and just start writing, you know, and just sort of go where my, you know, where the imagination kind of goes. No kidding. Um, but he, yeah, he was just like, don't, don't think too much. Do you take that advice? You're a professional <laughs> um, writer. No, I think it? I overthink things. Yeah, quite a bit. Even now. Um, if I were to, if I were to try to write fiction, I'd, I'd just sit down and, and do it Murakami style. I'm just going nuts. Um, so but I'm never going to do that. So it's okay. Uh, but I, I do want to ask you a little bit uh, yeah. about the professor himself. We've talked about some kind of moments and anecdotes there. Yeah. But this is, you know, you thought of the people in your life, and this isn't, we, we don't ever say the person you're most thankful for. That's not the, the theme of the show, but you chose this moment, this hour. This man means a lot to you. Yeah. In summation, mm-hmm. um, what has he done? done to you as a person what's he oh what's he made you i mean really for it was so nice to go to tufts and be like i want to do academic research on japanese video games and to have somebody who was just like that's great um it who who knew his stuff i mean again he taught this class in japanese visual culture he really is this expert on on japanese culture um and to have that backing 
that was really important for him to say this is a valid thing and and you should you should do it because he could have come forward in a completely different attitude yeah I assume so. did you ever run into trouble with other teachers when you endeavored to combine your passion for for gaming or japanese culture with other things did you, did you run into yeah trouble? i mean i think you I, I don't know i don't know if we really ever had any pushback from teachers who said you can't write about you know video games um I tried to write about Galaga in a theology class once. That did not go well. Oh no! Um, but <laughs> I guess I've yeah, I guess I've never had that that issue of somebody saying this is not a good. You can't do it. Okay, I wondered, but but this yeah. guy was especially encouraging. So because he was able to pick up on what I was talking about and then enlighten it and give me more to to work with on that. Um, and so uh, yeah, I mean, I think when you read, especially chapters like three and four, you know, you're you're seeing this. Um, you know, it's based on the graduation thesis that I did, but it really it made me confident in kind of in, in going forward. And he was instrumental in, um, you know, writing me good recommendations for the wow. Tufts in Japan program. And then also coming back from that in in writing really just this like, you know, knocked it out of the park recommendation for uh, the Fulbright scholarship that I did. Uh, let's that talk was about my, that. That was second. my second year in Japan. So I come back, I graduate from Tufts um, and uh there, you know, one funny thing did happen. Can we tell funny uh, stories? Always. So I come back to Tufts and I'm like, oh, I I had never joined the Japanese Culture Club, <laughs> which there was one. It's like, you, whoa, 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 why? I don't know. I just said busy, you know? You're the pure Japanese major in a, in a, yeah, in yeah, a yeah. university where everybody double majors in so Japanese. Many, you know, so many clubs, so many activities. But you like don't that. join the Japanese I was, Culture I, Club. I, you know, I, I, I did drama club in high school, so I was acting freshman year. <laughs> and then I and I actually stepped away from it because I just had so much else going on. But I was like, uh, I got to go join the Japanese Culture Club. Um, it was like me... And a bunch of Japanese um, girls, Japanese female students. Oh, reason, really? It was like I don't know. I don't want to say it was the only guy, but for some reason I, I was, and it was this. It was this, you know, interesting club. So the the head of the club, Julie Rogers, gets up, and she's just like, "This is here's the story. This is a great story. I think. I think. I think you'll like it." So she's going over. Um, these are all the things that we should do this year. We should have, I mean, I'm just going to name random things. Like we should have a sushi making party, you know, mm -hmm. Japanese culture club type stuff. And she was like, oh, we should have something to do with video games. We should have, um, we should like see if we can get Nintendo to come to Tufts, which is in Boston. Okay. And I was kind of like, I was kind of like, because I I worked with Nintendo a little bit at this point. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I was getting review copies of games. I kind of knew them. And I was just sort of like, I don't know if it's like I think video game sounds great, but I don't know if Nintendo is gonna like send people out to this liberal arts school in Boston to like have a Mario Kart tournament. Like yeah. I don't I don't I kind of don't think that was gonna happen. And she goes, Well, you know, I know the Arakawas and they're really nice and I was over there <laughs> I was I was over their house, you know, just just recently, and um, so maybe we can ask them. The Arakawas being at this point, Minoru Arakawa was the president of Nintendo of America. She was like, I was just over at their house the other day. And I was just like, <laughs> I said, you know the Arakawas? And and Julie says, yes, yes, I do. And uh, I'm like, so have you, because the book Game Over, the mm -hmm. David Chef book um, about Nintendo, you know, that came out in 93. And I was just like, 
have you, man, have you read the, the book game? Because that was like one of the only video game yeah. books in the world, you know? Um, yeah, at that point, there were not that many. And it was the Arakawas were all over it. And I was just like, wow, have you know them? Have you read the book Game Over? She goes, yeah, my, my dad is in that book, Hank Rogers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I said, I'm in this meeting. And right now, like, we're having this conversation. All these people around us are just confused as to what's going on. And I'm just like, I think I blurted out a swear word. And I'm just like... Your dad is Hank Rogers? <laughs> and she's she's kind of like embarrassed because I'm yelling. You yeah. know what I mean? But Hank Rogers, for anybody for who doesn't who know, know, who was all over the book Game Over, of course, he is the guy who, A, uh, introduced role-playing games to Japan. Yep. B, um, and, and most famously, had worked the deal between the Russians and Nintendo to bring Tetris out of Russia and onto the Game Boy and the NES. And at that time, he was heading up um, uh, Blue Planet Software or Bulletproof Software. Mm -hmm. But eventually, they would, very soon after that, they would, I think, form the, the Tetris company. Um, and Hank Rogers was, of course, at that point, basically, he was Mr. Tetris. He was the head of the, the Tetris company. And you're just, you're just wishing... I had to join the Japanese club a year, a culture club a year earlier. I guess so. I don't know what my reaction would have been, you know, two years prior. No, it's incredible. It's like, you've got to be freaking kidding. Your dad is Hank Rogers. So nuts. Did they so, get the party? What? Did they get the party? No, we didn't have Nintendo to to there. But um, the, the first time I ever met Hank Rogers was at my, my college graduation. No kidding. Yep. He was there to for see his daughter graduate. To see his daughter graduate. No, he was there for me. No, no, no. He was there to see his daughter graduate college. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. We that's, were there was right. like that a funny story. How ridiculous. No, is that's that? a that's a very strange day. That's that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird day. Yeah, that's it's a weird a day. Weird, weird day. That's incredible. Right? Yeah, and it, it is no exaggeration to say that without Bank Rogers or the Arakawas, the world you live in would be very different. Oh, uh, big time. Even yep. if you don't care about video games, the world you live in would be very he, different. He and I elided over this, but he literally he moved to Japan and wanted to start a software publishing or video game kind of publishing company yep. and japan did not really have role-playing games at that point and he mm -hmm. did the black onyx um yep. which which basically is credited with starting the role-playing game genre mm -hmm. in japan yeah it uh the, the cascading effect of that is felt to this day uh mm -hmm. in in many corners of entertainment yep. at this point so that's, yep. that's that's incredible so <laughs> where were we what oh, no it's okay again go to tufts go to and tufts. then graduate yeah. see hank rogers at my graduation um and then i got a fulbright scholarship to go yeah. live in kyoto japan and the I, and the pitch to the fulbright people was because what you do is you tell them about a research project that you want to yeah. do it's like basically the fulbright the fulbright program is a it's a it's a partnership between the u.s government and the governments of the world um and they bring students from all over the world to the u.s to study yep. and then they send the u.s students to countries all over the world to study um, and so, and you pitch a research project and my research project that I pitched was, I will go to Japan and I will write a book about Japanese video games. There's mm -hmm. no book in the U S about Japanese video games. I'm going to go write that book and I'll do it as a Fulbright thing. Um, I, and, uh, you know, so Charles writes me a recommendation. I get one of the professors that I had studied with in, on the Tufts in Japan program to write a recommendation. Um, and every, you know, they're all very good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I get it. And it turns out the Fulbright people were really excited about my pitch because they were like, oh, this, this could actually have a life because a lot of the Fulbright, you know, research that gets done, it's like people go, they do the research and then. They did the research. You know it's what I mean? published they have, in academic circles. It might and, be, and or, it might, people or it might not it. be, oh, okay. or it might not be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the thing is, there's no, um, 
there's there's no um uh requirement for you to do anything i mean you could if i if i really wanted to i could literally just go there and just spend all the money and have a grand old time and produce mm -hmm. nothing and they can't do anything right um this of course if you've been following along with this story is the last thing that i would do yeah. right so yeah. you you are intense about this yes um very and and so i hit the ground running and um i I go to Kyoto and uh, somehow, some way, you know, Nintendo is okay with me. I interviewed Miyamoto a couple of times when I'm there. Yep. Um, I lived in Kyoto very, very close in an old house that's since been knocked down because um, it was old. Um, it did, it, it, this house was prior to indoor plumbing. Okay. Um, so it was a very old Japanese house. Wow. And uh, you, had to, you had to go out the back door. Um, and they had installed, uh, not outhouses, but like they had built a separate building yeah. outside with. The toilets and the showers. So the plumbing was in the separate outside. Building. The plumbing was in a separate outside building. It was. Did a you have fully... a compound wall around to like? Yeah. Around? Okay. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. I've right, seen right, that right. set up before. That's it. So that's what it was. It was okay. the house predated indoor plumbing, but then they had built a separate building, which was very nice. Yeah. Well, it sounds but kind of romantic old. until it's the dead of winter in Japan when it's and, cold. And uh, yeah. So I mean, walking back in. So oh man. Uh, God. So this was it was it was great. Like I look mm -hmm. back and this is a very fond experience. But this house had no indoor plumbing and it had I mean it had eventually had it put on, but it had no insulation because it's yep. just an old rickety wooden tatami mat Japanese house. Yeah, that, so, that whole philosophic idea of uh, I feel, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm 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 babbling when I should be listening. But people are not familiar Japanese houses to this day not that well insulated. Right. The contemporary right. Exactly. Ones. Exactly. Uh, so. It was in Kyoto, which does have four seasons, um, yeah. and it, the winters are cold, the summers are hot. So, I mean, when the summers are hot, it's you know fans and everything. But when, but in the winter, um, I had a kerosene heater, a little portable kerosene heater, and I had to walk to the gas station with a with a plastic you know gasoline can. Yep. Um, buy kerosene at the gas station. Walk it back, which that walk back, I had to take a break in the middle of that walk because that thing was heavy, and walk it back, and that was that was my heat, and to put it into the into the kerosene heater. And the thing is, you <laughs> you cannot leave these things on no. overnight. It's very dangerous because yep. it's like open flame. So you have to turn it on, heat up the room, turn it off, fall asleep fast, and wake up freaking freezing. freezing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was. But I look back, of course with nothing but rose-colored glasses on those halcyon days. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great story. It's I, I'm over here grinning because it's very familiar. Uh, yeah. This isn't my show, but I'll tell a story later on. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Uh, This is all... Well, it's had, you wonderful. Know, uh, well, you, you know what I mean. I yeah. had that... I, I I drank a can of corn soup. I, I, yeah. I know. Oh, I, 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 I Okay, you know the story of the, the show then? Yes. The name of the show? Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I, set a, I set a pair of underwear on fire uh, once in a very similar situation for, with, the, with the kerosene for reasons oh, uh, oh no oh, no you, in, oh, in winter okay. heating yeah. in japan gotcha. i, yes, I yes, said yes, i said yes. i set my clothes on fire that way once yep um <laughs> sorry but so you're there on the floor at fulbright scholarship yep. because he does that your book comes out of that so, so professor inoue's tutelage gets you ready for this his yeah. recommendation opens the doors that let those wonderful things happen yeah exactly did he ever ask for anything in return no no. He was happy to he I once he got copies of, of he you know he really believed that Power Up was going to be a a real big deal mm -hmm. um and sadly it wasn't because it came out and it and it went well, it's right an, out of it's an important deal. I mean to this day the things that are considered general knowledge about all I, 
come out of this book. I I hope so. I think that some things kind of are. I mean, so what I really talked about with Donkey Kong was this idea that like, you know, Donkey Kong was the first game to tell a story Um, and not in the sense of like a text adventure game like Zork, which, of course, if you're going to if you're going to write a game using, you know, language mm-hmm. it's it's gonna have a story right mm-hmm. but like the the genius of donkey kong was the use of, of visual elements um to create this narrative with a beginning a middle and an end um and to do it all in the within the medium of the video game versus like interactive fiction it was mm-hmm. so influential and the way that final fantasy you know you know kind of carried carried that on um and so yeah i mean i it i i Sometimes I see something and somebody saying, well, of course, everybody knows, you know, this about Donkey Kong. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of that was kind of like stuff that I did in Power Up. And I mean, I, it's it's very gratifying to see it referenced in other books and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so it's really exciting to have it out there again. But yeah, for sure. I mean, if we're talking about like somebody who was was very influential and in making sure that this happened throughout my whole kind of college career. And he does. And he has, you know, he had copies of the book. And, you know, the last time I or when I spoke to him a few years afterwards, he was just like, you know, I show your book to a lot of the any you know students who come yeah. through my office. I think more as an example of like, you know, this is what Chris did when he was twenty four. Like, this is something you can do. Like, mm-hmm. you can do this if you if you set your mind to it. Like, not write a book about video games, but like do something. So, uh, when, when's the last time you two talked? Um, I I. Uh, a few years back, um, I just tried to reconnect again because I want to make sure that I get him copies of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully soon. So guys, tell us, uh, about your favorite teachers. I'd like you to mail, mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com and briefly, please keep concise. If there's a teacher you want to thank, tell us who they are and why. Mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com and we'll read those. So whether it be a college professor or a kindergarten teacher, we want to hear the stories about the teachers you're thankful for and why. Uh, that's something we like to hear. And you can just mail us mail at Pockets Full of Soup anytime you like. You can also support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash Jared Petty. And that's helpful. So please do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also, uh, if you want to subscribe on YouTube, that's very helpful as well. We also want to thank our Patreon producer, Robert Nieder, uh, whose generous support helps make the show possible. Uh, so thank you for that, Robert, and for everybody else who helps out. And now, having done all of that, the great transition. <gasps> Boom, boom, boom. Are you ready for instant noodles? Yes. Instant noodles, our lightning round. Okay. All right. First, user submitted question for this week. What is best sandwich? Ooh, a Philly a Philly cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. I, I love this question because I've never gotten the same answer twice. All right. Well, Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Why? It's delicious, and I've never had one in Philadelphia, and I'm sure they're amazing. <laughs> um, there's a place in San Francisco called Fat Philly that actually does. They fly. I think they well, they fly in their rolls, but their rolls are from Philadelphia. Oh, wow. And they really do their best to really replicate the Philly cheesesteak experience. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It all, the, the, the you know, when you get the good shaved steak and the cheese whiz and the rolls, and it all just sort of blends together, mm. it becomes one uh, unified um Glob of, of fat, salt, and carbs. This is the li- delicious heart attack on a bun. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm sort of I, I like a Philly cheesesteak myself. I, yeah, I'm just just going like, ah, yeah. I want one but that's if I that is my if I see that on the menu, that's my that's my temptation sandwich wise. What's the best song written in the last 100 years? Ooh, oh, the best song written in the last yep. 100 years. Yep, and you only get a couple seconds to think about it because it's the lightning round. So oh. commit. Uh, the chocobo theme. Whoa, really? Uh, no, not at all. No, that was no. a joke. Okay. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea? 
All right, well, pull 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 something out of the pocket then. I I mean I do I do love my video game music. I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan. I really like um, James Taylor, the Beatles. Oh, you know what? I love the Beach Boys. The best song written in the last hundred years is "God Only Knows." Oh, oh, okay. The best song written in the last hundred years is "God Only Knows" by Brian Wilson, who I'm going to go see really soon. Oh, really? He's not personally, but he's going to do a concert here in, for the 50th anniversary of Pet Sounds this month. Um, was, was it yeah. Paul McCartney that said Brian Wilson's ear ought to be preserved in the Smithsonian? I think so. Paul yeah. McCartney has said God Only Knows is his favorite non-Beatles song of, mm-hmm. of all time. It's an so extraordinary So I'm piggybacking on Paul McCartney and saying God Only Knows. And of course, I mean, I will never... Bioshock Infinite is a controversial game. Mm-hmm. I think I fell in love with Bioshock Infinite when there was the barbershop version of God Only Knows in the first 10 <laughs> minutes. And I don't... I cannot brook any criticism of Bioshock and it, you know, deserved or anything. Because like, of that song. I have nothing but positive memories like because of the way that god only knows was used in bioshock infinite i um i I have rewound the intro to big love just to listen to the song again at the uh, beginning, yeah. same thing. God yeah. only knows plays in that, and I'll just you can watch just buy it on twice. CD. I think I can. Yeah, I'm just like, but I've watched it. And <laughs> like, I'll hear it again like, and go back and listen to it again. Yeah, yeah it's totally. really dumb, but what a, it's a great choice. The only the only show I ever did that with was uh, Battlestar Galactica, which had that one. Did you ever watch the new? You talking I about mean, the Hendrix thing? No, like, no, 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 no. I mean the actual like Bear McCreary's opening to Battlestar oh, Galactica, okay, yeah. which I think is just this beautiful piece of music. And every now and again, I'd like watch the intro to an episode of Battlestar Galactica, and then be like, I just want to watch that intro again. It's just that kind of that. Oh, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. My it's wife, a, it's a religious um, uh, chant, but I don't know what the. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. My wife always goes Laura Roslin along with it for some reason. Oh, right, of course. She right, starts right. singing character names with it. Gaius Baltar. I right, don't know why. Right, she's right. It. No, but it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a lovely piece of music. It, it really is. is. Yeah, uh, it's it beautiful. I didn't realize Bear McCurry wrote that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Um, what's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? <laughs> Only uh, uh, Steve Urkel, because somebody once said in Retronauts, like, that guy sounds like Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, when that's you, great. When you, yeah, when you think of, when, he, when you when you ask that question to me, like, the sound of my voice, that's something that stuck with me, because we Urkel. all find it very funny. Yeah. So Urkel's the word. Urkel. The word is Urkel. Urkel. That's absolutely beautiful. Uh, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? <sighs> the, um, oh, jeez. This I, you have to tell me if this constitutes a flavor. Um, whenever I'm like, man, I just want to eat like a pint of you know ice cream. I I gravitate towards like Ben and Jerry's has this ice cream that has um it both has brownie bites and wads of chocolate chip cookie dough in oh. it, and it's like a chocolate vanilla swirl with brownies and cookie. Dough. So if you can't decide. Whether you want your ice cream to be filled with brownies or filled with wads of raw cookie dough, I'll allow you, it. Why not both? Why not? Both? It's called half baked. I'll allow it. Half baked is absolutely a yeah, flavor of ice cream. They should call it one foot in the grave. <laughs> There's a, this is a pretty hedonistic half, line half of questioning dead. here. Yeah. I realize. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. If you could travel through time and meet anybody, uh, who would you visit? <laughs> I'm sorry. I What's your a... favorite butter to eat a <laughs> stick of? I had a prof in college who said to me once, I try to keep my hedonism as dry as possible. So and if I uh, could travel in time and meet anybody? One person. Just one person. Just one person? Yeah. Who are you going to visit? Uh, Gunpei Yokoi. Oh, okay. Because you, did you ever get a chance? Nope. Okay. Yeah. That would be... Uh, and for context, guys, uh, Gunpei Yokoi, inventor of the Game Boy among a hundred Inventor of many, many, things. many Nintendo yeah. devices who yeah. passed away yeah. all too soon. Right. And um, what's the uh, most terrifying creature in the natural world? <laughs> um, 
any bug that lands on my face. Any bug that lands <laughs> just, on your it face. It doesn't matter what it is, but I had a jerk no hornet good. land on me about a month ago and just sting oh my me God. for no reason. Just landed and stung and flew away. Why? You weren't even doing anything. Nope, nothing. Nope. Just walking by. I, I don't get it. But so any bug that flies in your face, scared of bugs? <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, well, not not any more so than the average person is like when a bug gets in your face. Like, <gasps> that that terror of like, what's it gonna do to me? What's your favorite word? What's my favorite word? Yeah. God. It's always harder when I ask writers. And it's the, yeah, right? Because we know we know too many. Yeah. I don't have a favorite word. Oh, Chris. Words. Commit, I know. Did you really to something? You want me to commit to something? Yeah. What is my favorite word? Yeah. I I don't know. He's, words that does not strike me as something. Words are a tool. Mm-hmm. Like the you use the right tool for the job when you need to to use it. Okay. And it's not something to have a favorite. If you have a favorite word, that's like a weird attachment to have. All right. Fine. Go be that way. It's actually I, a good. It's a good description. I like that. I'll, <laughs> does, I'll does accept that, that as the answer. I think that that yes, you it know. makes it makes sense. Yeah. Who's uh, who's your first kiss? Uh, I it was a I don't remember her name. It was <gasps> it was probably it was like eighth grade or something like that, and it was some, you know, some it was, girl in eighth grade. Yeah, some like some. I I think it was like a spin the bottle type type okay. situation, and neither of us wanted to do it. You're our first guest who doesn't remember. Nah. That's interesting. Uh, how was it? Mm. It was okay. It was okay. It was probably not very good for her. For her, it was probably the worst. Cake or pie? Oh, cake. Cake. Come down and team cake here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless we're talking about like Hostess fruit pies. Oh, well, they definitely count in the pie camp. Yeah. One or the other. Made with lard, covered in sugar. I mean, as a general category, Mm -hmm. cake. Yeah. Yeah. But the hostess fruit pie is the glorious exception. Maybe. Maybe. But we're just, but the answer is cake. So I mean, I'm just saying. Clearly cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Any question? Uh, one question you want to ask me? If you, if you have anything you want to ask. Uh, no. Pass. Okay. Pass. Good. Yep. Well, then, folks, that's the show. Chris Kohler, oh, really? author of Powered Up, uh, author of our co-author of the Good Job Brain book. Yeah. Uh, where can folks find this book? Um, I mean, the, so... The the publisher Dover Publications, I believe, when the book comes out, will have a page, and you should be able to actually. They, they might even have a deal where you can you can buy this print version and also get the ebook, but bundled to oh, save cool. money. Okay. Um, but if you don't want to do that, it's it's called Amazon.com. And Go same for it. Good Job Brain. Is that where you can buy? Same it? for Good Job Brain. Yeah, just 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 hit up uh, hit up Amazon. That's that's probably the best way. We we don't expect to make a lot of money. Just buy it in whatever way you want to buy it. And people can find you on Wired and. Uh, yeah. Where can they follow you? Um, my Twitter handle is the worst. It is Kobun Heat. It's K O B U N H E A T. Co K O Boon B U N or like Bun and Heat as in warmth. That's a Marvel vs. Capcom two it is. joke, right? It is yeah, a Marvel vs. Yeah, Capcom so two. Wow, you listen so to your retro. Too much retro. Sure. Yeah, 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 you told that yep. story there. Yep. I thought I remembered that. It's just it's it's jokes on jokes on jokes of of just weird and then it was like oh i'll sign up for this new service called twitter and i'll just use this as my handle <laughs> dumb no it works works really well i mean it's, no, no it's no, terrible no because i have to explain it all the time people <laughs> every now and again somebody starts to um respond to kobe bryant but but <laughs> okay, twitter fills in bad. my name automatically for them instead because they go k 
Kob, and uh, and then I get tweets that are directed to Kobe Bryant. I don't know. You could you could name your show Pockets Full of Soup, and it'd be totally inscrutable, and people right. Are like, what no, does no, that no, mean? no. It's That's a good gonna, name. I don't know. When I, you hear, well, I mean, it's it's a it's a matter of when you say Pockets Full of Soup, it's like, oh, okay, I understand how to spell that. Oh, there is that. But Kobe, Kobe Heat Heat. is like this. Yeah, yeah I, do, I never thought of the Kobe incomplete. Bryant thing. That's pretty great. Yeah, uh, that that's marvelous. Well, you wouldn't unless you're looking at my mentions all the time. Chris, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to have you here. Um, and folks, thank you for watching, listening, writing in, supporting the show at all, etc. And until next time.